0: This is the game of life. Uh, nothing like a little good C- Quincy Jones. This is a game of life. I'm Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, and I'm pleased to be here today in studio with a gentleman I've come to know and respect right from the start. Sitting in a training, seeing the intentionality and the passion through which uh, he trains, Quentin is so good to have you with us today, Quentin Williams. Uh, and now founder of Dedication to Community. I want to make sure I give you the proper uh, introduction as well, brother. Welcome to the Game of Life. Welcome to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Miami. Thank you so much, Gail. I appreciate you, bro. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. Let's start just right from the start. Uh, Now, your background uh, is quite unique. Uh, So talk about your background, your leadership journey, uh, before we get into some of the things you're doing right now
1: in the community. Well, thanks, Gail. I, I've, I've been blessed. It's been, it's been a journey full of challenges, struggles, pain, trauma. But as I, as I think about that, I always know that there's a purpose behind all of that. Mm-hmm. And growing up in, uh, in New York after being born on the island of St. Thomas, my mother raised my brother and me in Yonkers, New York. And very proud of Yonkers. Uh, did all my K-12 through schooling there with a reading deficit, with, with a literacy issue. I couldn't really understand words. I had a, a comprehension issue. Mm-hmm. That lasted me for all of my K through 12 and into my adulthood, but my mother embraced me. She always told me I could be whatever I wanna be, even with those issues. And I believed her. Thankfully, I believed her. And got a scholarship to go to Boston College, played football at Boston College, played with Doug Flutie, saw him win the Heisman in front of my eyes and saw him, he's 5'6", he's 140 pounds, <laughs> and he might say he's 5'9", 170, but to see somebody that size being named the best college football player in the world expanded my world. And so now, on top of what my mother had already instilled in me, I believed I could do anything because I just saw Doug Flutie win the Heisman. And so I went to law school with the reading deficit because a mentor of mine, Jay Brusman, told me I could be a, an attorney. I didn't know what an attorney was, but he was an attorney. So I wanted to be like him, and I applied, and I got in. And I learned to read between Boston College and St. John's University School of Law. That's where I really learned to read, to understand words. And I became a voracious reader now. I still don't know what I have. It's Maybe it's ADHD. There's something that prevents me if I'm not fully concentrating from understanding what I'm reading. and uh, and And moving on from there, I was recruited by the FBI and became an FBI agent, which was conflicting with my childhood because my friends were getting placed behind bars by law enforcement, so I didn't really want to be a cop. But I thought I could change the system if I just figured out what that system was. Mm. So I I entered into law enforcement so that I could help to nuance and tweak the system. And I then became a federal prosecutor after that to fully understand the system and was recruited by the NFL, the NBA, the Jacksonville Jaguars, worked for all three of those organizations and uh when i was at the nba a friend of mine who had previously told me chris palmer told me one day when i was with the jaguars he said uh, in sports you are nobody until somebody fires you now i didn't know what that meant i didn't uh, coming from his perspective he's a, a coach so he's he's getting fired every 3 years and players get fired all the time none of them maybe 0.1% of them retire on their own terms so i could understand from a coach's standpoint what he was talking about but i was in the front office so didn't quite know what he meant. And then when I went to the NBA, I worked there for about a year and a half, was called into the office of the president of the league. And he said, you're fired. And it changed my world. Mm. It changed my world in the beginning, not for the better, because I was lost. I'd never been fired. I wanted to be a GM and uh, at some point ultimately an owner of of a professional franchise. But what it did for me, you know, you have to be forced out of your comfort zone. I was comfortable in corporate America. It forced me out of that zone. And so I, I then decided, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur because I couldn't get the job that I wanted at the pay scale that I wanted at that point. I had people offering me jobs, but it wasn't what I wanted. And so I just developed my own businesses, started a media company, then a law firm, a consultancy, all three of which I have now, and Dedication to Community, a not-for-profit organization, which concentrates on, it's very focused on empowering society in the arena, the justice arena. And so that's what thats what my life is. I found my purpose with wow. Dedication to Community. Let's go back.
0: You talk about your childhood, and I've heard you, I've been to your incredible trainings. A loving mother, despite the obstacles, uh domestic challenges and anything along those lines.
1: But she told you that you can. That still drives you today, Quentin. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's my my mother is my queen, and my mother is she's had her her own sets of challenges, struggles, uh trauma. She was abused from a young young age and that abuse manifest when she was older with her children, with me. uh, And she suffered from deep, deep depression. Couldn't get out of bed at times for months at a time. My mother is the most loving person I've ever met. She's incredibly loving. And even through her challenges, we knew that she loved us, that she cared about us. And that she never looked at any person for their differences. She recognized differences. She appreciated differences, but she never judged people uh, for any reason. She just accepted people as equals and always did that and built great relationships. The relationships she has are decades-old relationships, Mm -hmm. and and so she taught my brother and me about that, Building of relationships, and so my brother and I have the same thing. I have relationships from people with people who I've known since I was four. It's incredible what she instilled in us—the
0: power of relationships here in the studio with Quentin Williams' dedication to community, uh, incredible, passionate leader, individual building relationships. But as we think about the power of mentoring, and as we think, as we talk to folks who are who say, "Well, mentoring is nice." I mean, we we had a uh, a brief tour of the our headquarters here with some of our donor partners, and the conversation that we've that I've had today and a conversation I have very often. Uh, Q. Uh, people talk about mentoring just being nice, but you referenced in your leadership journey, you know, a mentor, uh, somebody you wanted to emulate. He was an attorney. Said you're going to be an attorney. <laughs> you went to law school. The power of mentoring. You mentioned it but let's revisit that for just a minute. Talk about, you, you're training police officers, we're gonna to get to that in a minute. You're dealing with, uh, you've gone through and I've heard some of the things you've experienced and you can share as you feel that you deem appropriate, but let's talk about the power of mentoring for a minute. Not only how in your life, but what you see happening uh, in relationships
1: in the social justice space. Yeah, the power of mentoring. I mean, I am who my relationships are are the people who I am associ- I have associated with in my life have determined my destiny mm-hmm. because I grew up in Yonkers New York during the crack epidemic and a lot of my friends who I played ball with or went to school with they were getting involved in that industry and you know we were we were poor we needed money um, we were on welfare for 17 years of my life spent on welfare so getting approached by those who were in the industry to be a part of the industry was tempting to a point. I didn't want to break my mother's heart. It always came down to that. My mother's heart would be broken if anything happened to me, and my friends were getting eaten by the streets. They were going uh, behind bars because they were being arrested and convicted. So mentoring is what kept me from doing that my mother's mentoring but then those who were introduced to me my grandparents introduced me to to Jay Brussman and Jay Brussman was that attorney and he's the one who when I got out of law when I got out of Boston College I couldn't get a job I I had a degree in economics I was trying to get a job couldn't get one so I just took a job as a bouncer and I was bouncing And I was perfectly happy doing that. (laughs) And Jay then got me a job with his brother-in-law as a paralegal on Wall Street. And as I was still bouncing, he kept saying to me, it was like weekly. He'd say, you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. He said, you need to go to law school now. You need to go now. Don't wait too long because you won't go back. And so I, I applied just to satisfy him because he was doing this every week he was on me. And they accepted me. I got in. So now I had to go. And so I went to law school. And I got in. I had a reading deficit at the time. So that's, law school's no place for a reading deficit. I learned to read really efficiently in law school. And it wasn't a simple thing. It took a lot of effort. I was probably working four times harder than my classmates, but all worth it. And Jay... Is the reason why everything happened in my professional career. Because if I didn't go to law school, I wouldn't have become an FBI agent. Certainly not a federal prosecutor, and then the jobs with the NFL and the NBA and they wouldn't have come because I need the skill set that I needed. I acquired in law school and then throughout my early career. So he had an immense effect on me, and he's just one of many. There's a village of people who did that for me over the course of my my journey as I think about the NBA in 2020
0: folks are we were just yearning for any kind of sport I remember when Michael Jordan's last dance came out it was like manna from heaven uh, in terms of just something on TV but the NBA while they were playing in the bubble and you then of course post George Floyd and Breonna Taylor then all of a sudden there's no game tonight We're shutting it down, not because of COVID, but social justice. And I'm sitting there with my kids. It's like, whoa. Then Doc Rivers gets up, and he's crying. You know, we care about folks, but people don't care about us. So many different quotes. The Milwaukee Bucks standing together. The Miami Heat uh, have made a tremendous commitment, and certainly the Miami Heat are – stalwart partners of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Miami. Dedication to community in the Miami Heat. Talk about what you all are doing together in the social justice
1: space. Well, this this is an example of the result of relationships because Steve Stowe from the Miami Heat <clears throat> is like a little brother to me, a younger brother to me. I've known him for over a quarter of a century. And before he was with the Miami Heat, we were friends. Uh, steve is one of the primary reasons why we are partnered with the miami heat and then the miami police department one of my students from the fbi national academy where i taught for a couple of years is an assistant chief chief uh, Charisse goss at the miami police department and she kno- knows what we bring to the table in terms of training and what i had the opportunity to do and this is the blessing of relationships is just make the connection that we all have with each other, and here's how God works. Sharice and Steve already knew each other. So (laughs) it was a simple thing. And as a result, the Miami Heat, Miami Police Department, and D2C are partnered to deliver training on relationship building, on how do we fill this void with, with meaningful relationships. And that's what we're delivering to the Miami Police Department through the funding of the Miami Heat, through the partnership and participation of the Miami Heat. It's not just about funding. It's about their active participation. And then, of course, the Miami Police Department. Getting access to police is not an easy thing to do. Relationships drove it. And it's been extremely successful. The data has supplied us with the metrics for that success. And I've had the pleasure of sitting in. That's how I met you.
0: Relationships. Here we are. Uh, you know, again, shout out to Steve Stowe and the entire uh, City of Miami Police Department, all our friends over to Miami Heat as well. As I think about sitting there and you walking through some of your, um, even as a former FBI agent, some of your police encounters and how you are now strengthening relationships, cutting through the tension allowing folks that are have been injured in some way to express that and to listen to each other i was blown away with how you and shout out to kim as well uh your business partner in terms of d2c i'm just in uh, just sitting there seeing the discomfort that relationships challenge and how you mitigate through conversation and role playing and sharing uh, I just can't stress enough how powerful it is and what kind of feedback are you getting uh, from police departments
1: locally as well as throughout the land? Yeah, well, thank, thank you for coming to that, that session. And Steve had been talking about you. He, he adores you. And then you shared a story of yours that was, was deep. And so what we see from just the conversations afterwards and the data is that this is connecting law enforcement and the community that they serve. We're one community. That's what this comes down to. We're not them versus us. It's all of us. And we see that that connection is happening right before our eyes in those sessions. That's yes. what's So this is what's transformative about the whole thing. It's happening right before our eyes because law enforcement officers are the most raw the toughest audience to to crack they come in with their arms folded a lot of them they don't know what they're gonna get a lot of them are being thrown under the bus they don't think that they're being treated fairly and we're not here to throw them under the bus we're here to get them to be introspective and to understand what the community is feeling And the community is in these sessions as well. And those folks from the community are getting to see firsthand the pain that law enforcement feels, the insecurity about approaching the unknown. We sometimes think law enforcement are robots. This takes that away when community, they're sitting there watching and sometimes seeing the tears flow from law enforcement. I tell you, the connection that we see mm-hmm. makes it all worth it. And I think about how many, how many lives are gonna be affected by this? How many, how many people will reap the benefits of this? I did this to save my son's life. I'm on a chase for my kids' lives every day. And so I think about the children of my friends, the children of, the, of society, and how many of those lives will be transformed because law enforcement officers will have transformed themselves. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a purpose-driven journey, and I'm just very thankful. Being in the, one of the breakouts with law enforcement and seeing,
0: and it's so important, everybody sees the humanity in one another. And just because you have on a uniform those feelings, the emotions, the response to the media, the perception, and we recognize clearly, for anyone that's listening, there have been clear, not just mistakes, but there have been just, I mean, it is, people have lost their lives. There, No one's discounting that. We're talking about the opportunity to prevent future harm emotionally, physically, uh, and the trauma that you've experienced with the law enforcement encounter, the trauma I've experienced with the law enforcement encounter, but here we are saying let's be a part of the solution. And so I just want to stress to all those that are listening, we're here in in studio with Quentin Williams from D2C, Dedication to Community, making it happen, addressing relationships, building on relationships here at Big Brothers Big Sisters of Miami. And I just look forward, Q, to doing more with you. We've broken bread together. I've, I've had the benefit and the pleasure of being in your trainings with D2C you're stuck with me now brother so i'm just letting you know that so as we as we look forward to what you're doing here locally and nationally uh it is it's is my desire to get you all on the national stage big brothers big sisters i'm putting it on record uh today but not only that because there's so many that can benefit uh from just reinforcing relationships so before we close the show today the first of many shows we'll have you on uh what's the future look like what gives you hope for the future you're you're in the trenches uh, not only with law enforcement, but in with the local communities, both here in Miami, and we're so pleased to have you all helping invest and strengthen our Miami you know, the city of Miami, and not just city of Miami, but all of Miami-Dade County. What gives you hope for the future, brother?
1: I come down to Miami once per month because we train the Miami PD. We work with the Miami Heat. I have to say, on this trip, as an example, I got to come here and and. See you and your inspiration. What you're doing here is tremendous. And, and that gives me great hope. I gave the keynote at today's convocation at Florida Memorial University. And I looked out into the audience and I saw the wonderment in the eyes of these young leaders. It encourages me so much. It gives me great hope. And tomorrow we'll have our third session this week with the Miami PD and the Miami Heat. And after every session, I have to take pause. I have to actually be by myself, because I think about, in that audience, the result of that session will be that there's one person out there whose life might be completely transformed. And it might not be any of the people who were present, but they're gonna touch somebody because of something that they got out of that class that will transform maybe the dynamic that somebody in the community has with law enforcement maybe it's saving somebody's life it this is what gives me hope this is what encourages me i feel like i'm so blessed to just be a small part of all that's happening in in this area in this arena and um and i appreciate you you being a part of this really do well we are we're blessed to have you as a
0: not only as a friend, but to build these relationships. Little things mean a lot. It's like after a game, as you know, you just have to kind of decompress a little bit. When you put your heart and soul into something like building these relationships like you do with D2C, and what we do here at Big Brothers Big Sisters, I want to encourage anyone that's out there listening. You've heard from Q how he was mentored. Uh, We mentor every day. If there's somebody out there that wants to get involved, bbbsmiami.org, bbbsmiami.org. Get involved, become a big. Uh, For those law enforcement entities that are out there, uh, a very special shout-out to all the chiefs who truly not only are becoming bigs, uh, Q, but are encouraging their their, uh, officers, sworn and non-sworn, to get involved as well. So for all our bigs and blue partners, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, At the end of the day, Q, keep doing what you're doing, brother, uh, because, like you said, uh, when one person mentors, two people smile. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. That's, Thank you, brother, for God what you are, you. who you are, and what you do.
1: God's God bless God. you. Thank you.
0: Hey, this is Gail Nelson, president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you.